1: Never seen the sky so blue Birds are singing, I
2: got nothing to do Hey, 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 hey Mm, It's a sunny day uh, My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare But call me illogical, I just don't care Hey, hey, hey It's just a sunny day Hey, 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 it's a sunny day
1: ksl greenhouse information and great talk about your home garden and your lawn if you love perennials can't get enough help on landscape design or just want to
3: keep your lawn and vegetable garden pest free grab a pen it's the ksl greenhouse on ksl news radio
0: Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Shaleos, Ton Bettis with you this morning. We'll be taking your calls 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500. And, Ton, we're all kind of in the holiday mode. How was your Thanksgiving?
3: Good. Got to spend time with family and few days off work, so it was really good. How was yours?
0: You, I, it was great, but you actually went into a store yesterday, which I do not ever go into a store on Black Friday. You know, I think
3: that it's 10, 15, 20 years ago, that mad rush. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't noticed it the last okay, few years. Okay, so it's kind of calmed down. Yeah, I, I
0: would have been safe.
3: We were <laughs> in a Ross in Provo, and it was just like any other day in there. And we had a few other stores that were busier than usual, but I remember you know when my twenties and early thirties. Almost being trampled and people fighting over right. things. And I just, it seems like out of liability, almost the stores have stopped. I don't know.
0: Right. But... They've stopped the crazy sales. Yes. Yeah. No, and a lot of families have made this a wonderful family tradition. But for me, I just think crowds and I think, mm, that's okay. I can do it yeah. next week. I talked
3: to somebody that stayed the night in a tent outside <laughs> Sportsman Warehouse. Oh. And I think they kind of made an event out of it and right. had some heaters in there. And They're
0: things. a lot but, hardier than I am. (laughs) Well, this morning, plant of the week, Norfolk Island Pine, kind of fitting in with the tradition of starting our holiday decorating. Uh, This is a great one if you don't want to plant or uh, buy a huge Christmas tree. Uh, These kind of do very nicely.
3: They do. Uh, Norfolk Island Pine is native to a little island off of New Zealand, Zealand, a few hundred miles, called Norfolk Island, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the area that New Zealand and these a few islands sit, there's New Caledonia and there and a few others, were part of an old submerged continent called Zealandia. And so there was this whole group of plants and animals and things native to Zealandia that are obviously mostly extinct, but mm-hmm. there's these little pockets, including New Zealand and Norfolk Island and Things that have a lot of these exotic plants native. And so Norfolk Island pine has a long history to it. It was around when the dinosaurs were. We have fossil records of it in the United States, which is at least related species. It's just quite interesting. But they were discovered by European settlers, the Polynesians and other groups of people knew of them, obviously, but mm-hmm. they were discovered by European explorers in, I think 15 or 1600s and brought back to Europe and then North America and grown in conservatories and things. And it was found that they are a very usable house plant.
0: Right. Um, not only are they smaller, uh, but they're the ones that you see in the grocery stores and, you know, they're potted up and, But they have much daintier, I'm going to use that word, daintier, softer kind of branches.
3: They do. They are one that almost when they're young look like an upside down pine tree. Sometimes they're inappropriate called umbrella pine. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they are one that are very distant related to pines and things. They're kind of in the same... I don't even know how to describe it, but, you know, very, very distantly related. And I, one thing I will say about them is they're actually quite easy to take
0: care of. Okay.
3: And we shouldn't really, if you like houseplants, they shouldn't be discarded after Christmas because they will live for years and years as a houseplant.
0: Okay, but can you ever put them outside?
3: Yes, very carefully. Now, they grow... Uh, in Southern California and Central and South Florida outdoors So they just might do fine. well in
0: St. George, but not here. Well, not
3: even St. George. But Ooh. what you would have to do is put them in a pot and then very slowly transition them to them being a patio plant. Hmm. And so just, you know, a half hour of shade one day and then just slowly over a couple of weeks, get it accustomed to probably bright, bright shaded light, maybe on the north or east side of a home, but yeah, you can put them on your patio and then you would, you know, we talked about last week about quarantining and things, bring them back in and get them accustomed to lower light levels in the house. So if someone's happens to be listening in Los Angeles or San Diego, absolutely. They can not <laughs> You can plant it outside for sure. Yes. These um, will tolerate cooler temperatures. So... If you have a basement room that happens to have like a daylight basement, bright light, but the heat isn't as great down there. They do really well in temperatures in the 50s and 60s because where they are native, it's actually kind of warm subtropical closer to maybe something like Orlando or a little farther north where they can get a little bit of cool temperatures in the winter. Right. So if you have them as a houseplant, they're really low maintenance. Fertilize them with houseplant plant fertilizer in the summer. They don't need a lot in the winter. You know, Keep them away from heat registers, drafty doors leading outside. But they're actually one that will live for years and they're very easy to take care of. How
0: big will they get, though?
3: If they are in a container and you only transplant them every two to three years, they will only grow between three and six inches a year. Okay. So they'll stay down. But if you put one in a larger pot and give it ample fertilizer, in the wild, these want to be 50 to 100 feet
0: tall. (laughs) And I could see where they'd be really neat on the patio in in the summer for sure. I've seen
3: several situations where people have planted these in large buildings in the soil and they're 30 feet tall. You know, BYU had some for a while in one of their buildings, There's a company here in the north part of Salt Lake that has some, J&J Nursery used to have some planted, and especially when they're planted in native soil, their growth rate speeds up, but in a pot, if they have a lot of soil, a lot of nutrients, they will grow, and so in a pot over the years, it isn't unreasonable for them to get 8, 10, 15 feet tall. But if you transplant them less often, they won't get that
0: big. Right. This is a great option for someone who doesn't have a lot of space, if they're in an apartment, or um, someone who is maybe in a senior center. I mean, these are just kind of the perfect size to still have a Christmas tree, but not have it be too overwhelming. Yes,
3: and they're great for that. I know that, you know, I'm kind of curmudgeonly and just happy to be with myself sometimes (laughs) instead of visiting with people. But... Um, these are one that I know that as you know, we get older, the kids may not be coming home for Christmas as much, but you want a Christmas tree. This is one that can do double duty as a houseplant
2: and a and Christmas, a Christmas tree. tree. Well, there are so. so many
0: cute, I actually bought one for my mom in her later years and, um, cause she refused to put up a tree anymore, but the, there were so many cute little tiny ornaments that you could put on them. So yes. they can be super festive and super fun.
3: They can be. And they're just one that are super durable. Uh, they, there are um, a few other relatives that you occasionally find mm-hmm. in garden centers. One of them is called Monkey Puzzle Tree.
2: What?
3: And it's they call it that because the tree, <laughs> someone said that it would be a puzzle for a monkey to climb because the leaves on it or the needles are very sharp. It's a little more hardy than this one, but you'll see them sometimes outside as kind of a novelty. Um, but there's some other ones out there that you can look at. But 95% of the time, if you're find, finding what are called or species, this the uh, Norfolk Island pine is going to be the most common, the most friendly to you if you run into it, and the easiest to
0: take care okay, of. And now I want one really badly. A um, monkey puzzle? No, one of oh. these. The Norfolk Island okay. pines. Well, maybe. Um, but so what kind of light did you say it needs? Now I'm trying Usually to Usually bright spot, filtered
3: right? light. They can tolerate moderate light mm-hmm. if you transition them to it, but bright filtered light. So off to the side of a west or south window turned weekly, just so that they keep the foliage all the way around.
0: All right. Phone lines are open. You can find out more about the Norfolk Island Pine on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. Uh, we have an article already up for you. Number to call for with your questions. Phone lines are open, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57 57- 575
1: I'm Dave Colley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold.
0: Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you. We are taking your calls, 801-575-8255. You can text us a question at five seven five First listener, Ton, says, do you have any information on a tree named Prairie Stature Oak? Uh, they've seen pictures, but no information on how well they do in Utah.
3: It's a newer introduction, Mm -hmm. but it should do fine. It's a hybrid between two oaks that do well here in Utah. So you have American white oak and English oak, which are fairly closely related, even though they're native to different continents. And... Uh, because both of them do well, I suspect this one will be just fine. My biggest concern is its size. If you've got to have space, because it'll get 40 by 50. A big one. So it's a big oak, but yeah, it should do just fine. And being a hybrid, I would imagine it'll grow faster than most other oak trees.
0: It's a pretty one.
3: It is. Oh. has kind of a rough pyramidal shape to it instead of rounded. A little bit more formal shape, which I think is very pretty.
0: Yeah, is this one a clean tree or a dirty tree? Well,
3: it'll form acorns, and they will probably not really start to form until after five to ten years in the ground, and they'll only be heavy every two to three, maybe even five years. Not every year, but yes, it does produce acorns. That's just kind of what it does. Oaks do. Yeah, yeah. So they may not be viable being a hybrid. I suspect they will be. But, um, over time it will produce those acorns and they need to be prepared for that. But any large shade tree with very few exceptions, you know, if you plant maples, you're going to get the, the smarts, the helicopters. If you plant honey locust, a lot of those are seedless, but a lot of them revert and produce those bean pods. So that's the other thing to take into consideration, but this is a tree that if it is treated well, will be around long after we are dead. So
0: the next question cracks me up, honestly, because it starts out with the garden quack says. The garden quack says put Epsom salt and Listerine on lawns and they want to know any truth to that?
3: No. Well I'll take that. That's back. they're a
0: quack. So hmm.
3: I think we uh, we should name the person we had a conversation <laughs> about a few weeks ago. I'm going to dim deem, deem him the person who should. It could have
0: been sh- a woman.
3: Well, <laughs> it could have been, but we were. The person we were talking about is he who should not be mentioned. Oh, That's right. what we'll call him Voldemort. <laughs> the horticulture Voldemort. Um, no, I. the Epsom salts are magnesium sulfate, mm-hmm. or is the chemical name, or chemical, or the compounds, or elements, whatever, until I failed chemistry. Oh, don't but look at me. I was I, worse than you. No, sure. but. If you're if you've tested your soil and it's short in those, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the other part of the Listerine is just so like I why said would it, you w-
0: say Listerine on oh. Why?
3: I I mean it tastes so bad that <laughs> you're
0: gonna maybe pour it you out. want to
3: spray it on your lawn <laughs> because you can hardly <laughs> handle the stuff. Mm. But I mean, otherwise I just don't think man, I just go get a spray with micronutrients in it. You can pick one up for six or seven dollars and spray it on your lawn.
0: And not worry that it's going to kill uh, yeah. the lawn.
3: You're going to pay four or five bucks for Listerine, another four or five bucks for Epsom salts. You're yeah, not, not going to have either, the honestly. rates to mix them. Yeah. So, I just, this is another one of those things to where that's one way they get us is that, you know, you've got some folksy guy or someone folksy sitting on TV. They probably have a beard and, you know, sitting in a rocking chair saying, well, you know, (laughs) my wisdom says you need to put ups and salts and Listerine on your lawn. And you're, um, okay. But
0: in fairness, they call themselves the garden quack.
3: Yes. And that's, I think, I think they realize this is probably not, (laughs) something that they should be doing just because they're wasting money. Is it going to harm anything? Probably not. But is it going to benefit anything? Probably not. So I wouldn't waste my money. Now there are, you know, there's a lot of old timey wisdom saying use Epsom salts when you plant roses. And again, to really know if you need to use them, you need to test your soil. You know, they're and really good for soaking so, your feet. Just put yes, in hot water, soak your are. feet.
0: It's really good that way. <laughs> it is. so Proper usage.
3: Yeah, I just, for so for the former pseudo-horticulturist who should not be mentioned, uh, this is another one of those recipes of nonsense. And just get some micronutrients from your garden center and put them on your lawn if you need them.
0: All right. Beth is in Mapleton. Good morning, Beth. How are you this morning?
2: Good morning. I'm, I'm good. Just have a problem with this big old maple tree. It's not really old. I expect apples and pears not to shed their leaves very soon, but this one hasn't lost a leaf and it's green and big. How long are we going to have to take care of that? And when it falls, its leaves do finally fall, when will that be? And will we have to get them out of, off the, the property when they fall?
3: Well, I, this is one of those things that I wish we could play, you know, that old song for every season. You know, they're <laughs> You know, it's just we're going to have to be I have patient. To pull out my and, mom's old records. Yes. To do that um, the uh, answer to this is is just be patient. We went from warm to cold too quickly, and many trees hadn't have not had time to go through the physiological processes of actually shedding their leaves and so i think that the maple will be okay you know it if we get heavy wet snow it could break some branches out but this has happened three or four times in the last 10 years and every time the trees have come through
2: several of our trees in mapleton around the cemetery they've got flowering pears and they're still holding on to their leaves
3: you see this with flowering pears, especially sycamores. Um, there's several of them. It was just really uncommon for trees like the lindens and the maples to do this. But we transitioned from warm to cold so quickly that the trees just kind of scorched from the frost. You know, they, I guess they froze the same damage. But they froze uh-huh. to the tree, and so eventually they'll fall off. But it, in a lot of situations, it may be next spring.
2: That's what—that's what I thought you said. But my son's got a big linden tree, and it's still got three quarters of its leaves, and he's got a oak tree right by it, and it's still got its leaves. All my oaks are leaves are down, but yeah, some of the
3: oaks have a genetic tendency to hold their leaves for the winter until spring. And so it could just be the genetics of the tree. English oak has a tendency to do that to where a lot of our native oaks will drop. And so there's probably, it's either probably an English oak or has English oak genetics in it. And that's what's causing the Well, my these oaks are okay, but
2: this yeah. one oak uh, just hasn't. But, uh, the others are all gone. But is there anything we can do to spray a oak tree to keep it from forming acorns? I'm tired of raking acorns.
3: Well, you can look at a label for a product called Florel, and it's just spelled F L O R E L, growth regulator, and see if you can find something on that that it will take care of it. You'd have to spray when the tree has the catkins on. And spray those catkins of themselves.
0: All right, Beth, thanks so much for your call this morning. We need to take a break for the bottom of the hour news. Number to call, 801 575 8255. Richard, you're up next when we come back. Number to text, five seven five zero zero. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
3: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die
0: today. I'm Becky Bruce.